This is from Matthew um, 28, verse 16 to 20, the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, four, four years ago, uh, at the start of the year back then, God gave me the line, or I felt God spoke, speak to me and say, if we focus on the depth, God will sort out the width. And uh, I still feel quite strongly about that. And on my office door, uh, Ruth Hurley made me a, a nice plaque with, with deep and wide on that. So that's a reminder for me. Uh, and we've looked to be faithful that as leaders and as a church, uh, and as we start this new year with this theme, go and make, uh, we may think, oh, well, have we nailed the depth part then? Like, have we kind of sorted the depth part out and now we're going for the width? But, but that's not the case, because going and making disciples is still, part, is still part about going deeper with God, isn't it? Going and making is still part about going deeper, following Jesus of being a disciple. Uh, so the vision in that sense remains the same, that like if we focus on the depth, God will sort out the width. And so this starting this year with go and make is still going deeper, still going deeper, still looking to be a faithful follower and trusting God, even with the alpha things as well now, trusting God that he will bring people that he will touch hearts and increase his kingdom. So we're going to be doing that by going through uh, the Gospel of Mark, which I'll be starting uh, next week, which, which is almost like a shorter, punchier account of Jesus' life. Uh, and we'll be going through that slowly uh, up to Easter to have an Easter series. Uh, but today we're looking at the last words in, in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 28, which is called the Great Commission. So a mission which is co with Christ a co-mission, it's a working together. Uh, and so almost we're looking at the ending of the story before starting it, which is a little bit, little bit weird way of reading a book, isn't it? Going to the end to read out what happens to then start it. But because we're on the other side of the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, that's what we can do is we can look at what he said right at the end and then go through how he lived his life, how he te- showed his disciples what to do how to teach them to go and make. So that's what we're going to be doing. And so th- these are the verses, if you have them in front of you, but these, these are the verses that we have today in Matthew 28, verses 16 uh, to 20. And I want to focus on uh, verses 18 onwards. But just as I, as, I, as I was reading this this week and preparing, two words came to mind. First of all, it, it just, and maybe just for one or two people here, in verse 16, it says the word uh, 11. And it just says, then, there were, then the 11 disciples 
which for all the other Gospels, before this time, it was 12. And, and just felt that the Lord say maybe to someone that you may be starting this year without someone else. Like you may be starting this year without someone else, whether it's through loss or someone walking away from Jesus or someone you've prayed for to be next to you but they've never come or someone who's maybe gone to another church or someone who's moved to a different country. And it just feel, at the start of this year, it just feels like 11 instead of 12. It just feels like someone's uh, not here uh, and which Jesus would have felt like, and his friends would have felt like that as well, with Judas betraying not just Jesus, but all of them. And I just feel like for you, I just want you to know that the Lord wants you to know that he knows. Like, he just wants you to know that he knows, that he's felt that. He knows what it's like to have someone close to him and then not with them. And so I just want you to know that the Lord knows and also just verse 17, it says, um, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But then they saw him, and I said, the right is, but then some doubted. They saw him and they worshipped him, but then some doubted. And for some of you, um, you may be starting this year with doubts. You may be here right now and you just have doubts. Maybe you're doubting your faith. Maybe uh, you're doubting if Jesus really is the way, or maybe you're doubting if any of this is true. If you've got to a stage like, actually, I'm not even sure if any of this is true. And, and Jesus sees it. He sees your doubts, like he saw Thomas's doubt. And I just felt the Lord say, this might be a year where he invites you to see his wounds. Like he's kind of says, I, I, I see your doubts. I know that. I acknowledge that. And so, like, I invite you to see my wounds, like Thomas did, like he did with Thomas. He wasn't like, he didn't like, kind of, all right, then, Thomas, you're out. He was patient and kind and loving. And so he sees your doubts, and he's patient and kind and loving. And this might be a year where actually you start doubting, but he invites you to see his wounds, uh, and you grow in that. So you have the betrayal, looking back at these stories now for, the, for these guys, you have the betrayal of Judas, and you have the doubts in this group, along with these like mixed emotions of amazement. Like Jesus is alive. Like we saw this guy dead, and now he's alive, uh, and so like just an unbelievable feeling, like he's the Messiah. But then also this this mixed feeling of yeah, but he comes and goes. Like things are different. He's not with us all the time. Sometimes he's with us, sometimes he's not. And now he's saying that he's going to go, go away. Like he's saying goodbye, and this is going to be a proper goodbye. But he's going to heaven, but we're going to be on our own. So you have all this going on in our lives. And maybe today you've got emotions, you've got feelings, you've got situations going on in your life right now in 2024. Uh, and all these things are going on with the disciples, and maybe all the things are going on with your life right now. Uh, and Jesus kind of stops them all. He stops the situation. He maybe stops us right now at the start of 2024. And he stops it by effectively saying, like, it's okay. Like, he stops the situation. He, he acknowledges it. He sees it. And he says, it's okay. Like, it's okay. I see it. Like, I acknowledge there's less of us. I acknowledge there's doubts. 
I can sense that you've got mixed feelings. I, I know you're not sure what's going on, but it's okay. And the reason it's okay is because verse 18. The reason it's okay is because verse 18 says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Like, it's okay. Yeah, maybe there's less of us, or maybe you've got doubts, or maybe at the start of 2024, there's things going on in your life right now, lots of mixed feelings, mixed emotions, but he's saying, it's okay, because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I just pause and look at that verse in 18 right now. I think of what's going on in your life right now, and just take verse 18 as almost like, a headline to trump over everything right now. That all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so all, with all that that's going on in the disciples' lives and maybe in your life today, he says, verse 18, but then in their lives and in our lives right now, like you might, not, you might think that's not a great place or maybe you're not in a great place, or maybe you're waiting for more of a stable time like these guys. But with all that going on, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he says to them, and he says to you, right now in your situation, right now in my situation in 2024, he says, okay, now go and make. Like, therefore, go and make. Like, he doesn't wait for a different time or more stable time or more flexible time. He just says, therefore, go and make. Like, not wait and see or take a break, but go and make. Because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So rather than focus on our situation, reflecting the fact that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, so go and make. And verse 19 says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And we look into this now, um, but unfortunately I haven't given up the put your hand up game in 2024. So just, so just do this with me for a sec because it'll, it'll show us what, what we mean. But please put your hands up if you are a follower of Jesus but you weren't born in Wales or you don't consider yourself Welsh. So if, you, if that's you, put your hands up. Have a look around, guys. That's nearly half the room, if not, if not more. So you follow Jesus, but you weren't born in Wales. Can you help? Now, put your hands up, and you can still put your hands up for this as well. Put your hands up if you're a follower of Jesus, but you weren't born in Israel. Yeah? Actually, was anyone here born in Israel? So everyone, effectively, okay? So everyone, and look around, guys. Look at what this outwardly unremarkable Jewish lad did to us all. Look at what he's done to us all. 2,000 years on, none of us were even born in Israel. And yet this outwardly unremarkable Jewish lad that we are singing today is God and is worthy and is alive. Look at what someone who was born in an animal trough did to us all. We just celebrated that, don't we, at Christmas. Look at what he's done to us all. 
Look at what someone who was raised in the middle of nowhere, Nazareth, has done to us. Look at, at someone who was just another brickie for most of his life has done to us. Look at someone who avoided big cities, who spent time with the disregarded and those who were sinners. One who strayed away from powerful and popular and princes. Look at what he's done to us. Look at what the one who 2,000 years ago healed thousands, spoke to thousands, fed thousands, loved thousands. Look at what he's done to us today where he's continued to do that over the last 2,000 years through his people. Look at the one who was stripped naked and killed on a cross, mocked and spat on. The one who died. Like, look at what he's done to us. Now we put our hands up and confess that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's done it to us because two days later, on that Sunday, he rose again and he split history in half. The world has never been the same. And then look back at verse six, 16. And then 11 disciples. Think of that. 11 disciples heard him say, go and make. And because, who, and because of who he is and because of the Holy Spirit, and because of what we heard with Alpha, because he's let people be involved, those 11 people were the start of billions and billions of people over the last 2,000 years. Like, look at what he's done to us. Like, I've been reading Genesis this week, this week and the promise to Abraham. Like, you want your descendants, you can't even count the sand you can't even see the stars. And it's because, of, obviously it's because of Jesus, of his death, of his resurrection, of who he is, the Son of God. But it's because those 11 people heard him say, right, go and make. Like it started with those 11, go and make. And billions have carried on that. Go and make. Disciples of all nations. Praise God. And he's done that to us. And, he's, and we can put our hands up in the room today because he's done that to us because other people heard the call to go and make. You are here today because a parent, a friend, uh, maybe a youth worker, a colleague, a neighbor, a missionary, a preacher. Like you are here today because someone read Matthew 28. Like you are here today because someone read Matthew 28 and saw the words go and make and they said, yeah, I'm called to do that. Like, I'm called to do that. And someone took that part seriously and said, okay, I will go and make. This is for me too. And aren't we grateful for those people in our lives? People who you think for in your mind right now, you feel like, oh yeah, I'm here because of those people, because of that person. And it's because they took this seriously. So that's the amazing backstory context part of what I mean, of, of this, um, the Great Commission to go and make. And But for us now in 2024 is now the continued challenge. 
to baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And a, and a few verses after this in, in the next book, book called Acts. Um, Acts 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power, talking about the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so these 11 guys here, that they've been called to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will come on you and give you power to do that in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And even as they looked at that and thought of that and think of us in 2024, Jerusalem, they, they kind of like, Jesus himself didn't spend that much time in Jerusalem, but it's the religious capital city, potentially the most religious capital city today on earth with different religions, Christianity, Islam, and, uh, and Judaism. And so they're called to go to the big cities. Judea, less educated, working class. The valleys, they're called to go not just to the big cities, but to these other places as well. Samaria would have been seen as, as, as a cult, as a, almost like a Jewish cult, and many, there's many Christian uh, cults today, isn't there, who, who believe in Jesus, but even Jehovah's Witness, who reading last night, don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, believe he's an archangel uh, like Gabriel. And so these, these, these differences have come in from that. And so Samaria, they, they knew that was back then as well, a, a Jewish cult that was taken away from some of the things. But Jesus loved Samaria, that's why he, he, he went to the Samaritan woman um, and, 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 and focused on that. And also the ends of the earth. Like, who knows? Who knows what they'll find? We've had, we have people in this room who've been missionaries and gone to some of these place, places where there's atheism, agnosticism, other religions. But Jesus is saying, I love all these places. I love all these people. I love all these situations. So I want you to go and make. Go and make. And the Holy Spirit wants to give us power today for our nation. Amen? The Holy Spirit wants to give us power from the Holy Spirit for our nation. For Cardiff, for Thornhill, for these surrounding areas, for where you work, for our schools. He wants to give us Holy Spirit power for our situation today. And so that's what they were looking at. But 2,000 years on, us in Cardiff, like, it's slightly similar, but also it's slightly different, isn't it? Like, the things are similar, but also slightly different. But, and so this is kind of my reflection of almost the ground of where we are at today and where we are called, where we are called to go and make this is kind of where I kind of feel from my... I've, I've only lived in Wales. Actually, that's, that's, that's a lie. I lived in Harry for two, <laughs> two years. Sorry for that. But I've lived in, in, in Wales most of my life, been in Cardiff now for four years. We're in Swansea for uh, 10 years before then. And so from, in regards to being Welsh and, and the Welsh culture right now, where we are called to go and make, this is some things that I feel like is part of the, the ground where we are called to go. So our nation that we are going to and what we need to uh, preach, and preaching means just declare, whether that's here or just through conversation, um, 
is, is, this is our ground, this is where we're called. And for, for, for them back then, Jesus, when they're going to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, their question was like, well, who's this Jesus guy? <laughs> like, we've never heard of him, or we're not sure about Jesus. Where today, Jesus, we, we don't, there's often not a day, even in the UK today, where we won't hear the word Jesus. Sadly, it's mainly a swear word. So sadly, we mainly hear it as a swear word or a curse word, whether it's in work or whether it's on TV. So Jesus is, is often used today as a swear word. Uh, Jesus is almost like a lucky charm. You see many people, especially footballers, before they take a penalty, they do this lucky charm, Jesus cross. So he's a lucky charm for many people. He's a moral teacher. So even the humanist um, belief, the, uh, the mission statement is Jesus' golden rule, do to others as you would have them do to you. Like, so the humanist go, um, mission statement is the golden rule for that. He's a, for, for many, for, for over a billion people, he's regarded as a prophet. So for Muslims, he's regarded as a prophet. So if you speak to a Muslim, they'll often say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus as well. Uh, but they re- regard him as a prophet. But then there's other, there's other Christian, what we would consider Christian cults, who take the truth away from Jesus. Like I said, Jehovah Witness believe he's an angel, the, the Gabriel angel. And so that's that's kind of in our world, isn't it? Like, that's in our life right now. And so what are we called to do in that? Like, we're called to, to go and make and to tell people that actually God is a loving Father who sent His Son. That God is a loving Father and He's jealous for humanity and He sent His Son that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That it's not a, whole, it's not a swear word or a lucky word. It's the holiest name. It's the only name to salvation. So we're called to explain to people who Jesus is, what his name is, and how, uh, and how God is a loving father. Like, there's, um, f- the second point, 53% census Christianity. I still find this amazing. I thought there was going to be a big shift between 2011 and 2021. Some of you think, Matthew, you're a bit sad now following the censuses. I did it when I did a youth work degree and we looked into it. But still now, 2021, 53% of Thornhill and Cardiff would consider themselves Christian, would tick Christian, where the Barna Studies, which is uh, a Christian organisation that goes into further detail, would say, actually in Wales, um, whether it's evangelical or born again or, or being part of a church, it's more like 2%. So 2% is, is where they would say is, is truly at. So 51% of people uh, would say they're Christian, but would maybe have a different opinion on it. And many people have, uh, would call them, consider themselves Christians from being christened. So I speak to people and say, oh, I was christened, so I'm a Christian. Or whether they go to confession every now and again, or, or to a church every now and then. And also... Um, if they're told in funerals. So if you go, if, if someone's reality of Christianity is they were christened, they went to church a few times, and then they go to a funeral and the guy tells them like they're in heaven, like, they'll take that. Like, they'll take that and they say, yeah, I'll take that. And if, you, if the crowd of people in there 
as well take that, that liberal theology, it's easier to believe, isn't it? It's nicer to believe. Like, I'll, I'll sign up for that. And so that's, we need to teach people with that, that it's through faith alone, by grace alone, that you need to have faith in Jesus Christ yourself, not by an act of your parents or by, by something else. It's faith, it's a personal faith that we need to teach, that we need to share, that people need to have in order to, to live by faith and to, and to receive grace in that. Majority of people, and this is a change when I was growing up, maybe, maybe 20, 30 years ago, you'd have a situation where the church was known maybe too much for sin and hell, and people wouldn't go near a church. Or you would hear people say, I'm not good enough to, to go to church. Yeah? We'd hear people say, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm too bad for you. I'm too bad to go to church. Things have changed now. Like, things have changed. Like, I rarely hear people who believe that they, that they actually believe in sin. You have TV programs now that make fun of sin, that say, like, this is a joke, that this is not true. They, they wouldn't, many people wouldn't regard themselves as sinners. They would say they were good. And so we need to teach people and tell people that, that the need for a saviour, don't we? that Jesus is a saviour, that the Christmas story happened, it's only good news if he saved you from your sins. And so there's a saviour. Jesus is the saviour because we are all sinners. And so that's why it's good news, because he loves us and has saved us from our sins. But if we don't acknowledge our sin, then he can't save us. There's, there's, a, there's an apathy in, in, in our culture today that even if God exists, like who cares? Or, or everyone, everyone goes to heaven anyway, so it doesn't really matter. There's a, there's a large disbelief in hell, from my experience. People don't believe it or don't acknowledge it. So you hear, no matter who dies, they're always looking down on us. Or they're always a star in the sky or these things. And so there's an apathy there. But then it's also, when things end, things are good anyway. Where sadly, the, the Bible doesn't tell us that. It tells us that God is a loving Father, but He's also a judge. And that He wants to forgive our sins. Jesus died to deal with that. But if we reject that, then we face Him as judge. And that's difficult to hear, but we need to be the people who tell people that, who have those conversations, who have those situations. And then also, like we have maybe people who don't feel the need for church, or, or following Christ, or I've heard some people say, oh, I've got a private faith, and it's not public. But Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is supposed to be our Lord, where we give him everything. That's the proudest thing that we can do, is to follow him, is to declare him, is to be associated with him. And we're called to go and make disciples. So this is the, this is the difficult ground that we are in, but it is our ground. But also, God is still on the throne. Like God still loves us. He believes in us. He's given us a new year, and he can use us to go and make disciples. And, and, and verse 20 says, that's the going part, but what about the making part? You go and make disciples. And verse 20 says, uh, to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, 
And as elders, our heart is to, to lead ourselves, but also our church, into the commandments of God, to follow him, to be faithful to him, to trust him, to live for him. And that's why we have these devotions. So if you're, if you're fairly new to the church, you want to find out more, like we have these devotions which we want all of us to devote to uh, and, to, and to be faithful to Jesus too. It's not about, it's not about our, this is just uh, our elders' ideas. We want to be people who lead people faithfully to Christ. And these are some things, they're not all of them, but there's some things which help us, help us be faithful to Christ, help us be faithful to, to doing everything he has commanded us to do. And so if you, if, you, if you haven't heard about that before, if you want to know more, then there's some devotion sheets to the back and there's a link on our website. Please grab one of them and look to do that. But that's part of the making part. And as we look, go through the Gospel of Mark, we'll be going through that also. But then he finishes off by saying, in verse 20, because for some of us we might think, yeah, but that's hard. Or, yeah, but you don't know my situation. Or with my, with my work, or these people maybe make fun or don't care. Or how do I be sensitive with that? And we need to have wisdom in that and pray for, for wisdom with all those things. But I was reading in Matthew 5 this week, and it says to do these things. And so people will praise, praise God, praise the Father in heaven, for the good works he, see, he sees in us. So that's our prayer, isn't it? That people will see the good works in us and want to come to know Jesus. Or people will see the good works in us and praise God the Father because of that. But shortly after, he said, but also blessed are you if you're persecuted or if you're insulted or if you're mocked because of me. So we all want that part, don't we? None of us really want this part. We all want that part. We all want, want people to see our lives and see our speech and to say and to, and to trust God for that. But also, persecution might come or mocking might come. And so, either way, we want to trust God and be faithful to him and teach people about him, whether we have praise and people come or whether we have persecution or people go against us like the disciples did. But verse 20 says, we're not on our own. Like this isn't just something we've got to do in our own strength. We're not on our own. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Like he's given us his Holy Spirit. He's called us to go and make. And he says, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Like I love you. I love the people around you. I, it's, it's my heart that no one will perish. So we're all called to this. We're all called to go and make. And he's given us the Holy Spirit, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We're going to listen to a song right now, and it's effectively a prayer. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And so it's a prayer. It's, it's a declaring who God is, but it's a prayer. And as we listen to this, maybe in your own heart, maybe close your eyes or just listen to the words. Just be real with God. Say, Lord God, you know my doubts or my fears or these things. I want to give you my heart. 
I want to give you my soul right at the start of 2024. I want to make this a prayer to you. So listen to these words as we pray and offer our lives to God.